Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and my fabulous co-host, Lawson. Lawson, good morning and how are you this morning? Oh, I am here on this overcast morning that is, uh, yeah, the weather is a little bit perplexing though as it's, it's quite overcast, but then, you know, not much rain is falling out of the sky and it's a bit of a low pressure system as well so it's not too cold either but hey regardless we're here we're in the studio we're getting it done uh, on this thursday morning and and yeah trying to trying to represent jesus and what we do and say absolutely and mm. look you know i know that we're not getting a lot of rain but it's actually really nice to be having some rain yeah. as well at yeah, the same absolutely. time because we've had next to none for such a long time mm. everything is so dry but we have had a major drop in weather of course from the 30s right down to 17 only yeah. today hey and, but you know where my mind went you know that that song showers of blessing it's a oh. hymn it's a well-known hymn and some of our listeners may actually know that one really quite well but I just want to read a few words of that there shall be showers of blessing this is the promise of love there shall be seasons refreshing sent from the savior above showers of blessing showers of blessing we need mercy drops around us are falling but for the showers we plead i love it isn't that fantastic and that whole thing about you know uh, uh, the, the the refreshing that we we get through jesus christ and the holy spirit working upon us in every way we do need that the closer we get to Mm. the coming of jesus in every way don't we and so when rain comes that's where my mind kind of goes and it did this morning and i was as i was dry here through the drizzling mm. rain in every way so but do you like rain oh i mean yeah I, oh, well, I think there are some some definite benefits to rain uh well man yeah i i think that rain is like very aesthetically pretty mm. uh and i love and relaxing the, and i love the sound of rain you know hitting a tin roof that kind of thing too so. coming up on our show today we have our interview with the fabulous jeremy dixon who is a chef from new zealand and written many recipe books in our new segment we're looking at treatment for skin cancer and in our bible study time that comes after the eight o'clock news we're looking at sharing god's mission and today we're looking at abraham's mission you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different we love orchestras, don't we? I love going mm. to live orchestra concerts. Do you, mm-hmm. do you, Lawson? I have been to very few. Well, like, just not a lot. But I, I at the same time, enjoy them, as you would as well. Yeah, it's just very much. so grand and so oh. rich. And it's just like, you're when you're in the room, you're watching the chamber orchestra, whatever it may be, and, the, and it just like you're, they're, they're, the music that they're playing just like shakes you to your core. But in like a really really deep positive way. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep, deep way. That's hard to explain, isn't it? But especially when a, a massive orchestra actually does does uh, Christian songs and, like, it's just so rousing. But, you know, I, I started attending symphony orchestra concerts from an early age because my girlfriend in Adelaide actually plays the violin in, mm. in the orchestra. And so, yeah, um, yeah, loved going to those when I was living in Adelaide at the time. Hey, where are we going with our first quiz question? What have we got for this morning, please? Our first quiz question this morning is simply this. Who are the religious leaders who constantly try to trap Jesus with their questions? Uh, and 
they ended up doing this to great effect because these people were you know very much driving the uh driving the the, the campaign forward to to have Jesus killed but again that number was 0491064669 that is the number that you can text if you know the correct answer and that question was who are the religious leaders who constantly try to trap Jesus with their Questions. Who are these guys? If you mm. know the answer, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. And if you get, if you text that number with the correct answer, you will go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week, which is an awesome piece of decor called the well, it's the gratefulness jar. And mm. this jar is this beautiful porcelain jar that you know, is Really awesome natural colors, white, you know, the brownie wood color as well, and gold. We want to give this to you absolutely for free. And it, it doesn't just need to be a gratefulness jar. So on the outside, it has, you know, beautiful promises. On the inside as well, it has these these cards that you can put in there that you can pull out and, and their promises and whatnot. You can also put whatever you want in it because it's just a big, awesome, yeah, lovely jar. It's, it's really lovely. Jar. Hey, we want to give this to you absolutely for free. We want to bless you coming up to Christmas with some beautiful decor. Again, that number was 0491-064-669. And that question was, who are the religious leaders who constantly tried to trap Jesus with their questions? That's it. And remember to state it or start if you want to play, but you don't want to mm. go in the draw. Uh, put a star or just state that you don't want to. Ha- we want to shout out a big hello to Thornley in Western Australia on 87.6 FM is the radio station there for our Faith FM network. Thornley's a residential, large residential suburb of Perth. It's about 15 kilometers southeast of the city's CBD and it's been a developing area. The Canning River runs through the northern side of the suburb. I love rivers too, so that would be really nice area by the sounds of things. So anyone listening from Thornley this morning or if you've passed through Thornley or you used to live in Thornley, let us know what's mm. what's really great about Thornley and what makes you want to listen to Faith FM mm. uh, across Australia, but also, yeah, especially the breakfast show because we love our listeners listening to the breakfast show. Mm. This morning, good news. We always love good news here at Faith FM in every way. And so this morning we're talking about treatment for skin cancer. Now, this is something that would probably not typically cross somebody's mind of what I'm actually going to be sharing because here's the thing. A teenage boy aged 14 years old, he's um, from Annandale, Virginia, Mm -hmm. has actually won an award, not any kind of award, but he's actually won America's Top Young Scientist Award. Oh, okay. And his name is Heman Bekele, Mm -hmm. B-E-K-E-L-E. I hope Mm -hmm. I've pronounced that correctly. Now, here's the thing. He's actually developed some soap. Mm. Now, would you put soap and skin cancer treatment together? Probably not. Mm. Most cases, probably not. Okay, mm-hmm. so we tend to use soap, um, you know, to wash ourselves, to get ourselves clean. Um, you know, people, some people like the, like myself prefer the uh, body wash or hand wash that is paraben free, that sort of stuff. But everyone has their own favorite soaps as well that they probably then go to the store mm. and buy the same, same one they like the fragrance or whatever um and and uh and they tend to buy that so what he has done what Heman has actually done is he actually entered this award he's only 14 years old which is mm. amazing the reason he developed this soap is that he could he wanted to be able to help 
people with um, skin cancer, specifically melanoma, or should I say this is what this soap has been developed specifically is to help people with melanoma. So which this, is, is, this is soap that helps with cancer. Yeah, that they're ho- yeah that there's potentially um, help in this area. So here's the thing. Yeah, an interesting thing, isn't it? So here's the thing. With melanoma, about 100,000 people in the US per year actually get melanoma. About 8,000 die in the US per year, which is a large number. When And you think of the number of families that would be suffering of the loss of these people. So American Cancer Society says that skin cancer, the most common of all cancers in the US, one percent with melanoma, but cause, the, but it's the, the the highest cause of skin cancer deaths, and it's on the rise, particularly with women over fifty years of age. Now, mm. the reason for that, I don't quite know. Um, couldn't quite find that, but what it is is, you know, in the US, it's on the rise, particularly with women over mm. fifty years of age. Now, you're probably wondering what inspired him to actually yeah, do absolutely. this in any kind of way. So his sub, in his submission, he actually wrote, let me just find this here. He actually wrote that he wants to, he's, um, he said in his submission, this is taken from the, the, the US Guardian, curing cancer one bar of soap at a time. I have always been interested in biology and technology. Mm. And in this, cha- and this challenge gave me the perfect platform to showcase my ideas. Mm. So he pitched his idea and he actually called it, the, he called it the skin cancer treating soap. Mm. Because the reason is, is actually, f- he's made it from compounds that can, um, uh, have got reactive um, dendritic cells, that's what they're called, that actually guard the human skin and therefore enabling them to actually fight the cancer cells. Uh-huh. Isn't that incredible? Like, yeah. so he's put his thinking cap off on, on the science side, he's put the biology side mm-hmm. together, and he's kind of gone, what can I do with this? So mm. I don't know. It would be interesting to know how long he's actually been experimenting with this to come come to this whole soap final format. Mm-hmm. But he's actually submitted and submitted it, and it's actually one other thing. Now his idea also came. This is where his idea came from. Apart from his love for biology and science, it actually came from the fact that he had actually been living in catch this Ethiopia mm-hmm. as a four-year-old child. So whether his parents were missionaries there or teachers there or or, or what, you know, we're not told. But he was four years old when he was living in Ethiopia and he actually remembers seeing people working really hard out in the sun as they do, mm. you know, they, they live off the land a lot. They would have been, you know, building a lot with their hands and other things. And he'd seen them out in the sun a lot. And so back from then already as a young boy, he was thinking, what can I do to help these people mm. knowing that people then that are in the sun a lot tend to get, you know, skin cancer and what well, can tend to, I should say, can tend to get uh, skin cancer and, and more specifically even melanoma. And he mm. said, these are his words, I wanted to make something easier, easily accessible for everyone. In other mm. words, right back to those, the Ethiopians, so that it's nothing expensive, something that can be used and can be really practical. And yeah. my mind went to, you know, the, in, in, in the Bible, uh, skin conditions was, uh, leprosy. Mm. 
Hey, and the leper, the leper that came to Jesus in Matthew 8, they says, that said to Jesus, you know, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus touched him and he was healed. How amazing would that have been? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's an incredible, it's recorded in the Bible as one of the amazing miracles that Jesus yes. did amongst many of the miracles in which he did. But it's, it's really amazing to see like my, the questions that raise in my head is like, how does this kid know to make I know. Hope that cures cancer. Like yeah. I just, I think, I think going back to that is like ingenious. And then furthermore, I mean, like, and and the hope would be that it would it would be you know shared in a fair sense. But then simultaneously, it's like, man, that's that's a pretty remarkable kind. It is of, a remarkable thing of product. And yes. in terms of himself and his maybe monetary situation too, like like if you if you, if you sell sh- soap that cures cancer, like like that is that's a that is a very good product. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Lawson, our second quiz question, please. Yeah, it's this. According to the Gospels, what's the unique literary genre? Jesus uses to preach his message. Mm. Oh, this is cool. I love this. This is, this is a question of, of, of classifications and, 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 and genres and, and whatnot. <laughs> hey, again, according to the gospels, what's the unique literary genre that Jesus uses to preach his message? And he- let's, let's simplify that. It's like, what is it called? Yeah. What's it, yeah. What's it called? <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. What's, what's, what's what the name it? of the styles? The you know, sti- that's right. The, you know, one of the one of the techniques he employs to get his message that's across. That's right. Lots of times. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number. Text again. Our prize for this week is the amazing porcelain jar, which we want to give to you absolutely for free. This gratefulness jar, which is an awesome piece of decor. But again, according to the Gospels, what's the unique literary genre Jesus uses to preach his? Message zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Speaking of speaking of genres, actually of, of of things and different different types of things. I am right now. I'm I'm uh, you know as I'm talking to you, reviewing in my mind. I got an exam like later oh, today. Just like just like a quiz. an exam later today. Like, yeah, like a, like a quiz for my ethics class, and I'm going through like all the different types of ethics and the ethical genres and and how different ethical groups fit into you know like the different groups of 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 ethics and then they're like subcategories and whatnot and so I'm just like I'm into you know classification is the the name of the game. There you go, <laughs> that's it. And you're doing well. So when we're off air, your mind's still ticking oh, over man, of what's happening this afternoon. I'm, I'm here for. It. I've got two. I got like I've got a class presentation and an exam this afternoon. So I'm man, I'm I'm here for it. I'm living my best life. But we're in the breakfast that's studio. So good. And actually, speaking of school, I've got some stories coming from the scholastic world. Firstly, a story here from Germany about a school. It is called the Dietrich Bonhoeffer International School that is based in Leichengen. I'm going to say it's probably the (laughs) the wrong way to pronounce it, but German and German accents, I I don't really know what's going on there. But hey, this school is an award-winning Christian hybrid school in Germany. Uh, so it's hybrid, hybrid school in the sense that it's schooling more base is, is kind of, 
it's it's a hybrid model between homeschooling and in-person schooling and it has you know incredibly high records of success in terms of the students who go through this school and in both areas the homeschooling and that school that's right well wow, because this is cool. this is uh this is a primary level school so mm. this is like for younger children that's cool and when children are graduating this from this school and going into you know a proper like a state high school say um they're doing incredibly well mm. and so this is this is an award-winning school it's a christian-based school they have this alternative form of education that has proved to be successful again to the point where they have won awards and they you can see statistically that they're doing well uh, but it has been shut down by the government what and if it was doing so well that's right now interestingly in in germany there is some legislation regarding schools that has interestingly being left over from the time of the Nazi party. And that being in the 1930s, it was mandated that basically children attend public schools. Mm -hmm. So, so private schools were very much like outlawed at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it it was like, everyone had to receive state based education. And it was that education that enabled, you know, the proliferation of ideas that would lead to a Nazi Germany. Mm. Mm. But in this school, like, like in these, you know, in these public schools, it was like that for a long time that, oh, the, the education you could receive is from a public school. And, and then since then, you know, we've seen the steps away from that, you know, post Nazi Germany and, and whatnot. But there are still some pieces of legislation that are kind of hovering around there that very much restrict the ability for private schools in Germany to function and operate. And- so, so, sorry, if I can just pause for a sec there. What I'm just thinking, what has made this sudden change? Because obviously it's been happening for so many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and private yeah. schools have been going for so many years. Somebody right. has got their thoughts in a different direction that is actually impacting it right through, you know, like a ripple effect. Yeah. Well, in the case of this school, they came up for accreditation. Being that they're a private school, they need to be audited for accreditation. And that had come up. And the the government of Germany had ultimately decided, despite all the statistics and whatnot, they were like, look, we just actually we don't like this type of schooling. And so we're going to shut you guys down. And they consistently appealed this, you know, this uh, being left without... Well, at first they just wouldn't get accredited and they keep calling and calling and calling and contacting, contacting, like, can you please consider mm. our, our, uh, our, you know, our... The, 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 the thing that we're putting forward here, like, can you, can you please consider our school and our application to be accredited because we need to function as a school again and to do that we need accreditation and they just like left it left it left it to the point where then they were just like nah we're just we're just gonna shut you down we're not gonna accredit you and so now this has actually taken a step the 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 people from this school the administration from the school have stepped up to like the the european union and the un to challenge this as a, as as a human rights violation and as cool. a violation of you know the concept of freedom of education and again mm-hmm. like i'm i'm not then saying that like oh anyone can just run a school and it can be up to any you know it, it can be up to a very bad standard and and you can just say that oh this is a school it's like no 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 like accreditation this is the thing accreditation should be based on merit mm-hmm. and in this case they've just gone look we don't like this type of schooling uh, it's also a religious based school 
they're like, like, yeah, we don't, we don't like this type of hybrid religious-based schooling, so therefore we're going to shut you down and not accredit you, and then you guys can't function as both an educate, like an education institution that is helping children, but furthermore, also like, I can imagine, you know, as a business, like for for those running this school who have set this up, like it's it's a huge toll, and just, to just be told like, oh, you're doing like everything right and everything good, and all of the statistics are, are pointing to the fact that that you are. Your, your passion for teaching children is paying off because those children are the most equipped to then be educated. Um, yeah, unfortunately that, that's just, it's just not, uh, that, that's not valuable to And the it's so in opposite, isn't it? Because yeah. they're going like, these students are getting what they're needing. And, you know, in Germany, there's a degree of, uh, pride, I'm not meaning in a bad way about, about who they are and mm. about their, their education systems. Mm. But, and so, so what's happened with the children and the parents as well and the workers in this meantime oh, I mean, as well? Like the workers, the teachers need to go and find different jobs. The, the children need to go to different schools and, you know, the parents need to organize that. It's, it's just, it's just it's the a case. a whole it's, gamuth of stuff. That's right. It's just the case of like, oh, your school got shut down. And, you know, if a school needs to be shut down, again, if a school is awful or terrible or doing the wrong thing, I'm all for shutting it down. Protect our kids. Like 100% protect the children. But at the same time, in this case, when it's just like, oh, yeah, we saw your application to be accredited and we just didn't feel like accrediting you because, you know, you know, we, we just don't like what you guys are doing over there. And not because of, uh, because it's failing, but actually just because we're just not about it. Like that, that, that really is the case. And so it'll be interesting to see the outcome of this as they take this up to like, again, the European Union, the UN and whatnot as a violation of, you know, freedoms that, parents should be able to to have that freedom of education and, and whatnot. It'll be interesting to see, and, and see how this and unfolds. And the feeling of discrimination overall that there's other schools that have not been shut down um, that are the private as well but in this case, you know, um, they're, they're feeling, you know, a, a distinguished as the only That's one. Right. Yeah, and it, it's, it's interesting too because the other goal that they had, again, being that this is a hybrid school with like in home and in school learning, right. like they've, they very much was serving this niche of, you know, what about these parents that might be too busy or, or that, you know, like various different situations. Like they were very accommodating for those situations. It was also a fantastic school to send your kids <laughs> to if you had a really unique work situation, mm. whereas it's like, oh, you know, like it, it would help those families. So it was, it was a great alternative in that case. But again, they've just gone, ah, we don't like your education and, uh, and, and you can speculate over why. And this is the thing I think the, the press release from the, from the German government didn't necessarily point out the exact reason why, but they're just like, nah, we just. We just don't want to. There's something you. bigger but underlying there, this, some, I reckon. There's, there's, there's something going on underneath. Whether it is they want to restrict the, that freedom of education, whether it is they want to restrict mm-hmm. people from having a Christian education. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're having a slightly drizzly morning and mm. fresh, but we are excited to be here in every way. So we're taking it away with our next quiz question, please, Lawson. All right, our next quiz question. Here we go. Who was the high priest when Peter and John were arrested at the temple? Was it A, Caiaphas, B, Annas, C, Alexander, or D, Pilate? 
If you know the answer to that one, hey, give us a text, 0491-064-669. If you text us at that number with the correct answer, we will put you in the draw, which will be drawn tomorrow, by the way. So you, you, it's your penultimate opportunities to get in for the prize this week. Hey, so, and which you want to be in for because it's a beautiful piece of decor, the gratefulness jar. We want to give it to you for free. But again, that number 0491-06469. That question, who was the high priest when Peter and John were arrested in the temple? Was it A, Caiaphas, B, Annas, C, Alexander, or D, Pilot. Mm, text us in on 0491-064-669. It has come time for our interview with Jeremy Dixon this morning. Are you there, Jeremy? Hello. I'm here. Hello. Oh, welcome back on our show. We always love what you have to share. For those who may be listening for the first time on, on Faith FM this morning, Jeremy is a chef and also a great author of the great cookbooks, Revive Cookbooks with fabulous, fabulous recipes. And so we're talking all things desserts today. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. That is. yeah I thought I'd share some uh, few uh, tips and tricks and a few recipes from my cookbooks with them. Um, Healthy sweets and dessert. Oh, that oh, sounds yeah. yummy. And we know we're going to start salivating in no time when you start taking it away. So, yeah, share that with us, please, Jeremy. Mm. Sure. So I thought I'd, pretty, I thought I'd pretty share a few principles and a few kind of kind of cool ingredients, and then I'll uh, launch into a couple of recipes I've got for you. Um, but obviously, yeah, a lot of, lot of sweets and desserts you find around the mainstream kind of areas, you know, they're basically loaded full of butter, sugar, fat, dairy, just, you know, loaded with a lot, you know, white flour. Mm. So, yeah, try to kind of get a lot of, you know, natural products and whole food products and create things that still taste good as well. Um, yep. one, of, one of the really, one, one really good thing I have on hand or, or available to do is, um, which is really good is a, a cashew and pear cream. And this is, um, you can kind of use this instead of like whipped cream to basically put into a blender, like a can of, um, tinned pears mm-hmm. and, um, and then, uh, one cup of cashew nuts. And uh, blend it up for a minute until it's really nice and smooth, and it creates a really nice kind of sweet, creamy kind of um, drizzly cream that you can kind of put on, you know, waffles, fruit, and any number of desserts. So that's kind of just one of my kind of go-to really cool creams to have. Yum, yum. Sounds amazing. Um, which is really good. Another really cool ingredient is chia seeds I'd encourage everyone to try. And chia seeds are little seeds. They've got great omega fats in them. And what happens when you when you kind of mix them with water or like a, a cream or a coconut or a cashew cream, they kind of swell up and become quite um, kind of gel, gelatinous-like. And they make really, really nice sweets. And you can mix them with oats for a birch and muesli or, or mix them with berries for like a berry chia pudding or something like that. So I'd encourage everyone to go and buy some chia seeds, mix them up with um, – there's plenty of recipes in my cookbooks – um, and uh, just mix them up with water or coconut cream and some berries or something, and they make a really, really mm. delicious kind of a pudding or kind of a, you know, the type thing as well. Yeah, so that's oh, cool. that sounds yummy. And I'm just wondering, you know, are there cheese, the black ones versus the white ones better or something like that? And and yeah. then shells oh, also. I mean, maybe some, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you can get black or white. I quite like the black ones because they kind of add a little bit of contrast and a bit of interest to the visual. Mm. Um, but I, I believe they're both pretty nutritionally similar. There's probably some, um, I mean, a nutritional nerd will probably find there's um, a few extra grams of some um, nutrient, but I think they're basically probably the same. So you always can get both and try them. So, yeah, chia seeds are a really cool ingredient to have. In our house, we call them the happy seeds because, yeah, they're, they're really good for depression. And we've found that ever since 
we've been having them every day at at our house. That they have been. That you're always happy, difference. mate. Lift the mood. <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out, Dr. Darren Morton this morning in the Live More Happy program because we did that program so many times at uh, at Newcastle Uni Church, and we were just about chia seed pudding like almost every week at church for dessert. Someone would bring a chia seed pudding, <laughs> and it would be like, guys, we're gonna be happy, you know, so we can do our exams and, and, and all this stuff, like. Yeah, so, oh, yes, chia seed pudding is just the best, and it's healthy, and it's yum. Yes. yes. Okay, what have we got? Sim- yeah. Yeah, so, so, another, so we'll launch some recipes now, so those are kind of two, two ingredients to look mm. for. Um, so basically, yeah, a few recipes. So firstly is um, a favorite one, which is actually my cookbook three, and it's just basically a better than ice cream. Mm. And basically to make um, a really good, nice ice cream, um, all you do is put in a food processor two bananas that are frozen, pre-frozen, obviously without the skins, um, and basically add in some some like peanut butter or cashew butter um, and maybe some berries or, or blueberries or strawberries or raspberries. So it's a very versatile recipe. So basically frozen banana, a bit of frozen fruit and some nuts, blend it up in a, in a, in a food processor. You need one of those S-blade ones that won't work in like a liquid either. Mm-hmm. So you need like a, you know, kind of those wide ones with the S-blades that are more, more suitable for non-liquid things. Mm. Blend it up and you get this really creamy, delicious ice cream. And that it is just sensational. Sounds... Great for kids when you want to give them some fruit. Mm. Sounds super, super yummy. And I guess kids particularly would enjoy that and not know that they're getting healthy stuff. I mean, adults would, but exactly. they're making them. Exactly. Wow. So the key is actually pre-freezing your bananas, and particularly ripe ones good because they've obviously got a bit more, a bit, bit sweeter. So when you get some bananas, we'll get some extra ones, or they're basically, you know, you're not going to use them while they're getting a bit spotty. Um, take the skins off and pre-kind pre of, you know, put them into little chunks so they're easy to handle. Put them in the freezer and have them in the freezer so you can whip up ice cream in no time. Um, you can also add some like, you know, um, carob or cacao powder and make a chocolate version. Um, and it just, it's just really good creamy ice cream. Now, when you do make it, mm-hmm. um, sometimes the blender will go around and kind of get caught and it's just like lumps. Mm-hmm. So you can add a little bit of water to it just to kind of, um, help it kind of process. But you don't want to do too much because it will become too liquidy. So you want to stick with it. Uh, well, sometimes you want to let the bananas just, just defrost just a little bit so the blender can handle it. Mm. Um, and then you get this really good ice cream that you can scoop out. But you can't freeze this ice cream because it hasn't got all the antifreeze they put in normal ice creams. Mm-hmm. Um, if you put it in, in any freeze, it will just be just a big block of ice. Um, so you do need to consume it straight away. Um, but it's really quick once you get into it. So I'd recommend everyone try that, uh, that mm. recipe. And, and putting them in bananas into the freezer, does it just make the ice cream more creamy rather than mm. fresh ones? Or what's the, what's the purpose of yeah, that? Yeah. So, so fresh ones, you just end up with a smoothie. Yep. But mm. if you want that kind of that icy kind of solid ice cream texture, you do need it to be frozen. And you do need to freeze them probably for a, probably for a good twelve hours. They won't just freeze in a couple of hours. So, again, just do it ahead of time and um and think ahead. Like a lot of things in cooking, the more you can think ahead, the better. But having a you know a Tupperware container in the freezer full of little chunks of um, frozen banana, mm. um, you can whip that up any time. Sounds yum. so yum, <laughs> so yum. Okay, and another recipe. Where are we going with that one? So the next one is a really cool one. I've actually demonstrated a few of my demos recently, which is really popular. And it's a moist raw carrot and ginger cake with orange icing. Wow! So, um, oh, wow! It's, it's really, really nice. So I'll give I'll give the extra recipe. So you, there's basically a base and there's the icing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to make the base, you basically have two cups of grated carrot, 
one and a half cups of rolled oats, cup of dates that are chopped, half a cup of coconut, quarter of a cup of raisins, half a cup of dried cranberries and a tablespoon of water. And you basically put those in your blender, sorry, in your food processor. Again, you need an S-blade kind of food processor to, you know, process it up and blend it up into like a really kind of mushy thing. Put that into your kind of your cake tray with a bit of baking paper underneath it, like a little slice tray. Mm. Mm. So it's probably about just one or two centimetres tall, so it's not like a full-on fluffy cake. It's more of a slice. Mm. You basically Mm. get this layer, you kind of press it down, and then you mix up the icing, um, which is one and a quarter cups of cashew nuts, half a quarter of a cup of uh, maple syrup, three tablespoons of orange juice, two tablespoons of lemon juice, and a tablespoon of ginger puree, just the stuff you get from the supermarket. And again, blend that up or process that up so it's like an icing. Spread that on top, throw that in the freezer for an hour just to kind of just firm it up, and you've got this really beautiful carroty, cranberry-ish um, with the lemon and orange icing. It's just an amazing, Oof. amazing slice and taste. I love that. That sounds awesome. I mean, from, it, from a, oranges and lemon go. would have that real strong, nice tang in it, wouldn't it? I mean, just right yes, through. Yes, it's really nice icing, exactly. So you've got kind of your sweet carrot base and you kind of, tangy, sweet kind of um, topping, so it just goes really well. And all yeah. of these vegan sweets are quite concentrated, so you don't need, like, huge slices. Just a little wee cube is often all you need, so you, they're quite concentrated, full of all, you know, nuts and things, so you mm. don't want to consume huge amounts. But as a little little slice, you know, a couple of bites, it's just um, it's just an amazing little cake, and that's my cookbook six if you want to look it up. Mm, that one's in cookbook six, is it? Mm. Yes, page 116, so that's a really, really popular carrot and ginger cake. Wow, I think I think if my husband's listening this morning, which he tends to listen each morning as he's getting ready for work, um, he'll be going, "Make that one, Dale. Make that one." <laughs> I think because <laughs> my, my, my our mouths are salivating here already, just listening to it. And I know he 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 likes those sorts of things, and he loves oranges. So mm. great one. I said that. Okay, so that's one. First one's from cookbook three. This one's from cookbook six. Have we got another great recipe? Another one from Cookbook 6, because six, Cookbook 6 is kind of my dessert and baking books, but it's mm. But these are really cool. When I tried them, I didn't work out, but they're amazing. And that is oven-roasted peaches with a raspberry drizzle. So, yeah, man. So what you do is you get your normal um, stock standard peaches from the shop, cut them in half, get rid of the um, get rid of the stone, drizzle a little bit of honey or, or, um, or maple syrup over them, put them in the oven for 30 minutes at 180 degrees, and then when they come out, they're so nice and soft and they kind of, all the flavors kind of caramelize. And depending on the peach, whether it's a bigger one or an old one, you might want to do it a little bit longer. So just to be a little bit flexible. Mm. So you've got this really beautiful, just this amazing peach that's just, um, you've all those, you know, by caramelizing all those flavors, those peach flavors kind of intensify and they just, uh, just taste amazing. And then uh, over mm. the top, you just drizzle a little bit of cashew, cashew cream. Um, and a raspberry drizzle. So to make like a fruit drizzle, all you do is just put some frozen raspberries, a little bit of maple syrup in a blender, and perhaps a little bit of water and just blend it, and you get a real raspberry drizzle. So basically you present these really beautifully. Shame I can't show you the picture, but basically you've got these roasted peaches, these baked peaches of the raspberry drizzle and a cranberry drizzle, and I put a bit of a garnish of some pistachio nuts over them, and they are just amazing. Mm. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a raspberry fan, so you've hit a spot right there with me. What about you, Lawson? Oh yeah, no, this sounds fantastic. I love, I love when it's again a lot of this is like you know pureed and frozen and that kind of thing. Like I actually, I really love like those like cold 
really, really cold desserts and slices and whatnot. They're just, they're so yum. They're so yum. Mm. So I'm, oh, I'm into it. I'm about it. I'm about it. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're for it here. I thought it's one of the, it was one of the key things, you know, and you freeze a keep a good range of frozen berries, mm. blueberries, right. um, boysenberries, raspberries, strawberries, um, really, really handy. You can get them out. Either use them whole as they is, as they are, or they can blend up into smoothies or other sauces. Um, what I'm going to do, do show you now is doing waffles. Is making like a coolie out of your, your your berries, and it's so quick. So what you want, like, if you've got like a dessert, and you just want like a nice, beautiful coolie, which is like basically like a fruit, kind of like a fruit syrup with like chunks of fruit in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so all you do is you get get a, I put a put a pan on the stove. I throw my boysenberries or my blueberries in the pan, and you kind of you cook them up so they just they just um. You don't want to cook them so they kind of go into mush. You just want to cook them so they're just not frozen. They still keep their shape and they're warm. Mm. And then what you do is you get half a cup of water and one teaspoon of um, arrowroot or cornflour. Mm-hmm. So, and what you do is it's like a thickness. So basically you stir it around in cold water in the glass. And then when those berries are hot or the pan is hot, you just put that, that um, water and cornflour mixture through it, stir it through, and within a couple of seconds, it kind of um, thickens up. Mm-hmm. And so you end up with this really nice, and again, you don't want to overdo it. Some people overdo it. You just want just a little bit through it. So instead of just being berries and a bit of water, you just put a little bit of thickness to it, and it gives a really nice kind of texture, and it kind of helps them kind of stick together and present really well. Mm. Um, so that's kind of, it's a trick that what they often use in, um, when you get your Chinese takeaways and things. Um, they often use um, that kind of thing like in your... Um, Sweet and sour type things. They use that kind of as a glaze or that cornflour thing to kind of stick things together. Mm. So it's kind of having that effect with your frozen fruit. And you can use it across anything. You know, you put it over any dessert, over ice cream, over waffles or whatever. And that kind of coolie technique is so easy. Um, just to kind of, and you have to have your berries on hand, throw them in the pan, throw that um, cornflour water mixture over and stir them up and serve it straight on. And you've got your a really nice instant kind of, um, kind of, um, berry coolie. That sounds absolutely, absolutely yummy. And we, I've been writing some of these things down to keep stimulating those taste buds and, and try it at home. I've actually got your cookbook six at home. So I'm going to be going straight to those recipes over the next few days, I think too. Thanks so much, Jeremy. We really appreciate your time and what you have shared with us once again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.